rising political tensions in Madagascar ahead of its presidential elections, with the vote being postponed by a week to the 16th of November after two candidates were injured during opposition rallies. Well, with campaigning underway, what do you need to know about the elections and the potential outcomes? And as the country faces cyclone season, we also offer advice to keep you and your people safe. Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk services company. I'm Chris Giles. Well, joining me for this episode is International SOS's Security Director for Assistance, Erica Weisbrod, who's recently returned from carrying out a security assessment trip to Madagascar. And Erica, before we discuss the presidential elections, tell me a bit more about your trip to Madagascar and what you were able to do. Madagascar is the fourth largest island in the world, so it's not a small island. And a lot of locations are quite remote and can be quite challenging to get to outside of the capital, Antananarivo. So one of the things to consider was where I wanted to visit during the course of my trip and how I was going to get to those locations. Uh, Road journey in Madagascar is quite challenging and complex. Many of the roads are not well paved. They are single lane. They can involve very long and arduous hours of traveling. And for this, we would recommend security support to conduct any road movements, ensuring that you have skilled drivers that know how to to drive through this terrain, suitable vehicles, a four by four that's able to manage large potholes, unpaved roads, mountainous terrain and also knowing what to do and navigate in case the vehicle gets into an accident or breaks down along the journey. So Erica, given the size of the island, is there a better way to get around? So the real recommendation for travel across large terrain in Madagascar is plane travel, which poses a whole nother challenge. And that is a very limited domestic air network. There is a domestic airline and it services around 10 cities across the island. But the challenge really is those flights can be quite limited. They might only operate two or three times a week. What I was told is there are two planes that operate all of the the flight routes and they all do go through the capital and Tananarivo. And what were your experiences of using the domestic airline? So what I experienced after booking several domestic flights is that the flight times you book aren't always the flight times that the flights operate on. And so it is really necessary to build out an itinerary where you have flexibility in case your flight time can be rescheduled. And in my case, the flights really shifted. Some of them were five to seven hours after the original booking time. Actually, one flight was an hour and a half earlier than the original booking time. And so that really meant that I had to have a flexible itinerary of when I'd actually take those flights. Now, tell us a bit more about the objectives of your trip and what were you there to do? The purpose of this security assessment trip to Madagascar was to revisit and recredential our security partners that we currently work with in country and also to conduct accommodation risk assessments, both for business as usual use, primarily in the main cities of Antananarivo or Tana, as they often call the capital, and also in Taumasina. 
in addition to those business as usual hotel assessments, looking at appropriate stand fast or evacuation assembly areas in case the situation deteriorates. And that's in really looking at kind of the two main risks that are on the horizon for Madagascar. And that's the upcoming elections, which are likely to see some related unrest, as precedent has indicated, and also looking at the upcoming cyclone season, which starts in November and goes until April. So focusing on the elections then, what would be our outlook for them? I know that they've already been delayed by a week. Election campaigning officially started on the 10th of October. What we're looking at in terms of the election period is we have the first round of polling, which is now taking place on the 16th of November. And as you mentioned, Chris, the election date was already postponed by a week after two opposition candidates were injured during a recent campaign rally. Currently, the incumbent president, Andre Rajolina, is running for a second term, and he's running against 12 opposition candidates, which include two former presidents. In the polling, the successful candidate will need to secure more than 50% of the votes to win the first round. And if no clear winner emerges, then the scenario that we anticipate is that the two best performing candidates, which will likely include Rajolina, will move to a runoff election on the 20th of December. There are currently nine candidates that have also formed an opposition coalition who are contesting Regelina's eligibility to run in the election. And this comes following revelations that Regelina acquired French citizenship back in 2014. So the opposition coalition have held nearly daily demonstrations in the capital Antananarivo, This has been over the last few weeks, and we're seeing them start to gain increasing popular participation. A recent protest at the end of October was attended by around 50,000 participants in the capital. Currently, there's an ongoing ban on public protests, and this was imposed back in April, really to try to curb the opposition protests. Given that ban on protests, how likely is that to affect the election result, do you think? We assess that Regalina will maintain an overall advantage in the polling, given his incumbency. However, the opposition is unlikely to accept the election results if he is the winner, in which case there's increasing risk of post-election unrest. Madagascar is no stranger to election-related unrest, and this is noting the post-electoral coup of 2009, during which 130 Malagasy people were killed, and also protests following the elections in 2018 in an attempt to overturn election results from that presidential election. So based on this precedent, we can anticipate that this election season is likely to involve additional protests, both ahead of polling days and also in the aftermath if the elections are contested. And this risk of unrest is likely to peak closer to the presidential inauguration, which is likely to take place in January. So we're heading into a period between November and January, where based on the outcome of these polls, there's likely to be protests and associated unrest. So if that happens, what would be our assessment of where any possible demonstrations could take place and what the likely outcome would be? We're likely to see the protests concentrated mostly in the capital, in Antananarivo, and there's also potential that this could spread to other larger cities, including Fort Dauphin and Taumasina. 
In the capital, there are some known protest locations where protesters are likely to convene. And this includes the Place de 13 Mai and other rallying points that include the High Constitutional Court, the Avenue of Independence, and in the vicinity of the Presidential Palace. The police are likely to erect checkpoints throughout the city during the election period, and protests are likely to draw a heavy-handed response from the security forces, which could involve tear gas, and if unrest becomes more widespread, it could involve the use of live ammunition to curb any looting or vandalism that takes place. So all of this could disrupt movement. It could also pose an incidental risk to individuals who are in the vicinity of these protest locations. So given that, what would be our recommendations to clients and their workforce to consider over this election period? Right now, we're recommending that clients defer non-essential inbound travel to Madagascar from the 15th of November ahead of polling day until the 10th of December. If voting moves to a second round, which is what we predict, we're likely to recommend a second window when it would be suitable to defer inbound travel, most likely from the 20th of December. For clients that have essential workforce that will remain in Madagascar during the election cycle, they should ensure that they avoid all protest flashpoints and also avoid any political rallies because of the potential risk of unrest. They should also ensure that they identify suitable secure accommodation and have appropriate supplies in case they need to stand fast during prolonged unrest. One thing we we have noticed in the past is that it's possible that commercial aviation could be disrupted or key routes could be blocked, which underscores the need to maintain flexible itineraries during the election period. And finally, the authorities could restrict internet access or information or messaging services. So it's very important that managers and also workforce in country consider having contingency communication methods in place in case any mobile networks are disrupted. And right now, I understand that it's not only the elections which could lead to disruption for people in Madagascar. Cyclone season is about to get underway. That's absolutely right, Chris. Another major risk that is posed to Madagascar is that of cyclones. And the Southwest Indian Ocean cyclone season, it begins in mid-November and it lasts until the end of April. In Madagascar, we normally see storms which make landfall on the eastern coast of the island, very often impacting the commercial port of Taumasina before moving their way across the island and usually making a second landfall impact on the western coast before proceeding on to continental Africa. There are usually about 10 cyclones each season within the Indian Ocean. And right now, it's unclear. We have the El Nino weather event, and it's still unclear whether that will have an impact on this year's cyclone season to impact Madagascar. What we see with cyclones in Madagascar, especially based on their very fragile infrastructure in the country, is that they tend to cause heavy flooding, landslides, and can impact electricity and communications for the period of time surrounding the storm. Very frequently, they also cause the displacement of people from the location that is being impacted. And so we can see the need for evacuation or relocation to safe havens during cyclone season. So identifying suitable accommodation that has backup power, food, water, ability to stand fast if you are in a location that is likely to be impacted 
by a cyclone during cyclone season is very, very important when looking at resilience for operating in Madagascar. Okay, Erica, thanks very much for all your analysis and advice. Well, that's all for now. But just a reminder, you'll be able to access all the latest information and updates on Madagascar from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.